Shout out to our awesome sponsors, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure brand that we are obsessed with. Obsessed. Obsessed. <laughs> I got today, actually, the Untamed collection. I am one of those girls that only wears black gym wear and generally just black all in my wardrobe. And I got the lace bra and the matching leggings and they are so comfortable. And I would say that for the bra, I have really big boobs and I just thought, you know, I really struggle with sports bras that my tits constantly like flop out of them. I don't feel secure. And honestly, I just think that this bra is perfect because it's high neck and it is super supportive. So really, really recommend it. Love it. And I am delighted to report that we are offering a 20% discount that I will be availing of this evening, Fiona, because I love their collection. So if you use the code LOVEBITES20, it's applicable on full price items only. This can be used online and in store. So there's two stores in Dubai, one on Alwassel Road and one at the beach. They also ship globally. If you're buying from outside of Dubai, then you get free express global shipping with all taxes being covered by El Couture. Which is brilliant news. Thank you so much, El Couture. The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. A guy I met on Tinder came to my house for a first date slash evening beer. After flirting and then a little in-depth talking, we realised we were second cousins. Really <laughs> killed the mood. It was a girl said that she went on a date recently with an American Saudi guy and it transpired that he was a member of the Bin Laden family. Welcome to Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. Like, apparently, 41% of men will break their penis during doggy. And we have stipulated before on a previous episode in season one that doggy is our worst position. Define breaking one's penis. Okay, so I believe, I probably should have researched this beforehand, professional as ever. But Sorry, I, I really put you on the spot there, Fiona. <laughs> I just no, assumed that you'd know. <laughs> no, I, no, I think I do know. I think that when they say break, I believe it is the banjo string. Banjo strap? The- banjo string those, oh yes that the, little zany member yeah so for those non-penis owners amongst us which i believe is about 97 percent of our listenership the banjo and please correct me if i'm wrong i don't know why i did not google this beforehand is when the foreskin is pulled back i believe it is the um i'd say the the flesh thing that is holding the foreskin onto the penis so it's yeah, not it's, just like a flapping yes it looks like a little cartilage ridge yeah it's not just like a, a rolled up turtleneck that's like flapping in the wind <laughs> <laughs> it's securing it it's securing it onto the balance it's no. like a joist okay <laughs> so 41 percent of men have reported the fact that they have snapped their banjo strings whilst and- I would say, whilst having doggy, and I would say the reason I believe that to be true is I think a lot of men stuff the vagina with their dick when during doggy and it's not wet enough. Very true. So it's friction and it will go pink. And I'm sure they'll think it's because their dick is too big, but I actually think that it might attribute to the fact that girl's not wet enough because also doggy can sometimes be a little bit painful and especially yes. if the guy's ramming it ramming it ramming it you're not enjoying yourself and you dry up like an old prune you know so. i was having a conversation with a girlfriend recently and one of the i actually quite enjoy um doggy i do have that little issue that you very kindly alerted our listeners to recently the fact that i had that little skin tying poking out of my butthole <laughs> thank you so much fiona um but sometimes when you're positioned in doggy, it's prime position for fanny fartage. Do you ever find that? <laughs> or is that just me and my big gape, gaping oh, vagina? No, no, no. Oh my god, no, he's not. I just spat my tea out on. Right? Shit, hang on. I start, I just spat it. I was laughing onto the microphone. One second, one second. Oh my god, I need tissue. One second. Oh my god, fuck.
whole Fiona. Jesus! That's okay. Take your time. We're we're in no rush. I literally it is all over the microphone. So oh shit! I just when you said that, I just was so perfectly timed of me spitting out my tea in laughter. Oh, why have we so why so have we never discussed Fiona the fact that doggy style is the prime positioning for a tsunami of fanny farts and I think the reason why I could potentially have damaged a partner's banjo string or whatever you call it penis is because I'm trying to position my body in such a way that the onslaught of fanny farts doesn't ensue so I'm actually positioning it at a quite a difficult angle for a male to be able to penetrate it um mellifluously so that could be part of it. <laughs> uh, just putting it out there. I think you girlfriend, know you do it. If you're listening to this and you have a tendency, a penchant for fanny farting and doggy style, we are all in it together. Speaking of being all in it together, you know where to find us. If you don't follow us on Instagram, please tell me why. Drop us a DM at any time. We love hearing from you. And our Instagram is lovebitespodcast underscore Fiona quick little fact yes guess where speed dating originated oh i don't know so if you were to ask me that um just off the cuff like i've asked you i would say oh surely some like really progressive dating movement or really a forward thinking you know feminist whoever that may be you know who actually uh conceived the idea in the late 90s, was a Jewish rabbi. A Jewish rabbi conceived the first speed dating because he wanted to introduce young, single Jewish people to other young, single Jewish people. And that is where speed dating began. That is so interesting. I have yet to go speed dating. I don't... I feel like... I don't know. I, I um, I feel like I'd, I wouldn't know what to say because you know you've only got like two minutes or something, and like I hate you know I hate that the question of like what do you like to do in your spare time because I'm like I actually don't know. I like to sleep and just do nothing, but that sounds so boring. I'm like, and everyone's like, do you have any hobbies? I'm like, um, yes, but I don't know what they are. I don't have any hobbies. Listen, yeah, I, don't I, have any hobbies. I have never been speed dating, but I completely agree. It can be so awkward, but actually people report having really, really good times. You know, within a couple of seconds, whether you're attracted to that person or not, whether without, with, with or without the questions. But anyways, listen, it was a rabbi in the late 1990s that invented speed dating. And I found that very surprising. My darling, how have you been? Tell me. I have been great. I've awesome. been so happy to know that I can come on this week's podcast and I don't have to divulge about my love life, which is not a bad thing. I'm really, I really learned, I feel like I've had such an epiphany from when I decided to not talk about it because mm-hmm. I looked back and I just realized that I was just dating for all the wrong reasons. And... Okay. Here we are. But what we have done, but in general, yes, I've been very good. I've just finished, this is so boring, but I'm just going to tell you anyway. I just finished the mini series Stay Close. It's on Netflix and it is really, really good. Crime drama. That is with James Nesbitt. Who's that? The Northern Irish actor. Yes, 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 yes. He's the detective. Yes. Okay. The same writer that wrote Safe. I don't know if you've seen that. It's got Richard Armitage in it. It's really, really good. Like, oh my God. I had to ration myself to one episode a night. <laughs> but it okay. is Okay, do you know what? I'm going to watch that. I'm re-watching The Crown. Um, oh, I love I'm, The Crown. Oh my God. Like, The Crown has taught me so much. Yes, me about, too. Like, British history that I never knew about. Um, Oh my God, so interesting. If you haven't watched The Crown, Please go ahead and, and watch that on Netflix. It's amazing. Um, I Fiona. Also, 
Yes. Sorry, tell me, sweetheart. I was about to say also just, um, this is very high-low of us. There's a very Pandora Sykes and Dolly talking about what we've read and what we've watched. I don't know if you're reading anything, but I am just about to start um, The Testament. Are you a Handmaid's Tale fan? Oh my God, yes. So Margaret Atwood, who is the author of A Handmaid's Tale, and if you haven't read The Handmaid's Tale but have watched the series do go and read it because actually similar to Gone Girl, if you've watched Gone Girl and then, but not read the book, the series is actually very good because I am not a fan of remakes. I like, okay. I'm always like the book's better, the book's better, but actually Handmaid's Tale, if you read it, is actually quite difficult to, it's quite a tricky book. Whereas okay. the series is obviously, it's much easier to Fantastic. kind of, it's like a really amazing series and it's good to like follow. The Testament is the sequel to The Handmaid's Tale and it's um, narrated by Aunt Lydia and it won the Booker Prize. So definitely I'm going to, I'm gonna, I can't wait to get my like teeth into it. I'm so excited. Um, so that's the book, Fiona. Has that yeah, been made book. in? Okay. No, no, I don't think that The Testament, I think she wrote it. I don't think The Testament is... Um, part of the series because it's from aunt lydia's side so right. it's from the other side obviously the the book and the series is like narrated by offred whereas the testament is narrated by aunt lydia so i don't think side. i'd ever felt so much very off topic from love Bites, and though. anger for a, a person that i did for that machiavellian woman aunt lydia it, it, she took me on a journey and dragged me down to the pits of hell and then when you had that insight as to why she became that person anyways off topic if you haven't watched the handmaid's tale mm. i implore you this show blew my mind it was absolutely still is a phenomenal show so mm. please do check that out yes that was very that was a very high low of us but now we'll go back to talking about boundary strings breaking <laughs> Um, we asked you this week on Instagram about dating stories the good the bad the ugly what date has stuck in your head and for whatever reason and the responses that we got we cannot read out in one podcast there were too many we're going to kind of break them down week by week and we're going to ask that you continue to share those stories Mm. with us because we loved hearing them but before we proceed with anybody else's Fiona do you have a story to tell tell yours and I'll come back to mine I think I've told all my embarrassing stories on here so this this kind of got me thinking I haven't really been a serial dater you have been on many dates over the years I haven't um I found myself in a long-term relationship at 17 um and like I said I spent so many years single in Dubai so I wasn't really dating a lot so I had to think about this and actually probably one of my worst dates was the first date that I ever went on so I haven't spoken about this guy a lot on the podcast and it was a respect thing because his niece actually listens to the podcast um she's a she's a, a, a good friend of mine but I knew her as a child because I dated her uncle and we kind of met up recently and we were talking about it um and they're now kind of estranged. They don't speak to each other. And she was like, by the way, like, he was a fucking creep. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I can now like talk to you about stuff. And I obviously didn't go into super, um, super detail because it is her uncle at the end of the day. But I just wanted to give you a little bit of a background here. When I was 17, I started to date somebody who was quite a bit older I told my parents that he was 23, but he was in fact 30. Um, and you were 17. And when I look, I was 17. But at 17, I thought I knew it all. Mm. I thought I was a big girl. I met him when I was wearing an Oasis blacked, black shirt and Morgan jeans I thought I knew it all, but like I was a virgin and, you know, was so inexperienced. Um, so I don't even know if my mom knows the fact that he is 
he was 30 or 31 when we started dating. But anyways, I told my parents that he was 23. Um, when I look back at the start of that relationship, the whole relationship, in fact, it makes me feel sick. Because my partner now is not that much older. He's 33. And the thought of him entertaining a 17-year-old girl makes me feel ill. It makes me feel physically reviled and disgusted. But we're moving on. The first date that I had with him, we agreed to meet up. He was a bouncer, by the way. Fucking hell, Laura. He was a bouncer in a club. If anybody is around my age and comes from Belfast, there was a, a club called the Elephant Rooms, Paradise Lost, and he was a bouncer there, and he was extremely good looking. I'll give him that. He was gorgeous. And he was like, oh, hi, how are you? And I was like, oh, hi, like, I'm too cool for school. I'm 17. Um, and I was like, just basically really like blowing smoke up my own arse. And I was like, yeah, I'm doing A-levels and stuff. Like, how cool am I? So we arranged to meet up in this bar a week later. But at that stage, there was no mobile phones. You couldn't just drop somebody a WhatsApp or even a text. Actually, yes, you could send a text message, but there was no WhatsApps. And if I called a mobile phone from my mother's landline she lost her shit because remember it used to cost like three pounds yes. for a minute to call somebody in your mobile phone so I would like call people and be like I've only got a couple of seconds or call me back or something so I took this guy on face value and he said that he would meet me the next week in a bar somewhere or other so I in my like naivety called my best friend Tina who is still my best friend to this day she was so stylish. She's the girl that like was the supervisor in Kukai, whereas like I worked yeah. at Marks and Spencer's, right? <laughs> so she got me dolled up and I wore these black hipsters, a red ruffle top off the shoulders and red pointy boots with a fucking kitten heel, right? I thought I was absolutely gorgeous. So I went to the bar and I sat there. My dad dropped me down. I said, Dad, I'm going to meet some friends. Can you drop me to this bar? And he didn't show up. And I was waiting for about half an hour. And then I just went home. And then I messaged him. And I just sent him a text message. And I remember this day, I just said, nice. And then he messaged back. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't think you'd want to meet me. And blah, blah, blah. And we did end up meeting... Um, subsequently and proceeded to date for a couple of years in hindsight it was probably the biggest red flag that I ever chose to ignore and much to my detriment because whilst you can learn so much from relationships and I did learn a lot from that relationship there's also relationships that are just a stain on your dating history and previously, Fiona, we talked about when we have been termed a psycho in relationships and when we justifiably acted like a quote unquote psycho. And with this guy, I was so naive and I was so besotted that if he told me something, I took it as gospel. So then when I heard things that didn't align to what he was telling me i.e he was cheating on me he was like taking other girls home from the club I was so young and I just couldn't wrap my head around why somebody would lie in that respect so I remember one night calling him like 30 times and he didn't answer his phone because he was probably out shagging somebody um and I basically told him that I was self-harming with a protractor a protractor, possibly the bluntest of all the school mathematical <laughs> accessories. Not a compass, not a pair of scissors, but a fucking protractor. For those of you who don't know, a protractor is a semicircle made of plastic and you use it to like measure out um, angles, obtuse and all this shit. That, by the way... Thank you, Fort William, because we never actually used any of that shit that we learned in school. Um, but you know, so yes, that that's a little bit of an insight, Fiona, into my disastrous first date. But you know, and Laura, thinking not to take that to a really dark place because it doesn't need to me because it it ended with the fact that you tried self harm with 
quite possibly the bluntest instrument that there ever was. But <laughs> I basically tried to self-harm with a wooden spoon. <laughs> literally. Uh, but, you know, isn't that isn't that quite a scary thought that, like, obviously you are fine and you are, you, you're safe, but this... You were 17 and he was 30. And he basically, in some respect, you thought that what he said was gospel and you mm-hmm. like you were so enamored by him because he was older. And that is so scary because if you think about all the kind of child abuse that you see, a lot of the time is because an older person is grooming the child. And how... How horrible and scary is that? That that is actually like in some in some ways a form of rooming because what he if he said to you no babe I wasn't cheating on you and he was you'd have just believed him and if he said you um, do this thing if you're you were a virgin do this thing um, everyone does it. Mm-hmm. And like- I was a virgin and I didn't know those things and we've all been there. Every girl listening to this was 15, 16, 17 years old and they thought they knew it yeah. all. They thought they like had sex down to a T. They thought they knew how to engage sexually with a man and manage um, manage situations. And the reality is we didn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I did want to speak about before, but out of respect for um his niece that what listens to this I really didn't want to go into too much detail about it but I did actually speak to her and she said Laura whenever you guys broke up she was so young at the time so she wouldn't have remembered but she said when he got with different girls after you there was always situations where he was cheating on them left right and center um like the family were having to like communally make up lies and cover for him so like the girlfriend at the time didn't fall out you know didn't find out and things like that um I don't know how that has shaped me as a person and how I view men or whatever. But and I also don't want to negate the fact that we actually did have some really good times. Um I did we we proceeded to date until I was continued to date rather until I was 19 or 20 or something. Um I do believe that I wasted a couple of really good years at university by being in a relationship with him. Um and then when we broke up, we'd been broken up for 3 months and then his fiance or girlfriend give birth so that was fun (laughs) I didn't do maths at university but I know that 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 did not add up and then Fiona he um I was gutted for about a year I was totally gutted when he broke up with me I was like I could not see the wood from the trees um and then a couple of years later he found me on Facebook and he messaged and just said oh my goodness breaking up with you was the biggest mistake of my life I've literally thought about you every day I've come across you on Facebook you are so stunning and how could I ever have blah 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 this shit so immediately I blocked him because he made me feel sick he gave me the ick but in a re in a in a, in a in a feeling I can't put into words actually um and then his sister who I was still kind of friendly with um messaged and said you know he would really like to see you Laura I know that you're still heartbroken about what happened but you know it would be great if you'd maybe give him another chance and I just said listen I'm just going to respectfully end this conversation because I didn't want to say to her listen I'm not heartbroken he makes me feel ill I feel dirty when I think about him oh yeah Um, I feel like that yeah you, you know what I mean so um Anyways, that was a fucking tangent. Holy shit. I was just talking about my worst first date, which is probably him. Um, I was also Fiona. I believe that I went on a first date with a guy and he would tell people that I was his worst first date. Oh, I'm sure I have many of those. Yeah, I went on a date with a guy who um, I was finishing my law degree and he was a young barrister so I was enamored by him and actually I really liked him I really liked him but I think I was actually quite shy and nervous so I brought my friend on a date our first date so there was three of us on why would you do that I don't know I really don't know and he was like what the fuck anyways they ended up having a great time together I think they actually had more of a connection than him and I um 
And that also got me thinking, I don't know if I've told this story before, but again, it's funny that when you search your mental, your mental repertoire, the things that you pull up and you just think, fucking hell, like, isn't it crazy the shit that we go through when we're dating? So he and I dated for a couple of months but when I say dated I mean really loosely um we always hooked up but then he would invite me over for dinner and then we would have like really nice moments together and I never slept with him so I think we were dating for a few months I'd go back to his house even after a drunken night out but I would never sleep with him and I just felt like I wasn't ready to do that or whatever, like self-esteem issues. I'm not sure, but it didn't happen. Like we would have had a full around, but there was never, like I don't ever think I ever took off my knickers. So he um, and his friends, he was a rugby player and it, like him and all his friends um, would talk and apparently they would say like, why haven't, what, like, why is she not sleeping with you? And then he was like, I don't know, maybe she's got chlamydia or an STI and she doesn't want to give it to me or something like this. <laughs> the next thing I know, Fiona, there is a fucking rumour going round Belfast and Belfast is a very small little village, by the way, and he's in the rugby boy crew that I give him chlamydia and a couple of people come up to me on a night out and they were like, by the way, we just wanted to let you know that he is telling everybody that you give him chlamydia. I literally have never wanted to call Liam Neeson up so much in my life and say, Liam, go down and break this fucker's knees. I was so devastated and I know to this day people in that circle think that I give that boy chlamydia and I never even took my knickers off. How bad is that? And what, I'm confused as to why he thought that was the best, like, the best way to go about it. Oh, it's because she gave me chlamydia. Like, honestly, I really, I I honestly don't know. Um, And it's funny, I was telling some friends about that the other day and they were, they know him. And I think they're friends with him and his wife. And they were like, we cannot believe that he said that. He's like the most stand up, respectable barrister. And I was like... You tell him that his chlamydia ex is back in Belfast and is coming to get him, even though I totally wouldn't. But anyways, I thought that was a food for thought. I love that. I mean, I haven't, <clears throat> I feel like I've told all my worst embarrassing stories, like the the the, the hobbit knocking on his door and, and the making up the story to get my necklace back from the Mahiki guy. And I've had quite a few. I don't know. I've, I feel like... I feel like I actually rarely go on a bad date, but I've had embarrassing situations like when I saw spots in my bathroom after after an accidental thrust. Oh, yes, the oh butt my, thrust. Oh, oh my, my God, God Fiona. I think you've been very open um, over the last few months about your, your dating stories. And I so appreciate how you portray them as well. We got a letter and Fiona, this has made me laugh so much. I'm going to read it out. Tell me what you think. Hi, girls. I need your help. I went on a date with a guy who I really like. He is gorgeous and we have fancied each other for years. Nothing happened as we were both in relationships. My point is, this date was a big deal and the pressure was on. To cut a long story short, I was hella nervous and I drank too much. I stayed at his place. He was a gent and he put me to bed in his spare room. I woke up dazed and confused in the middle of the night, probably still a bit pissed. I needed the bathroom but couldn't find it in his big house. I believe I walked into his flatmate's room and I woke up the flatmate. The quest for the bathroom continued in vain and I ended up pissing myself on the landing, on the nice cream carpet no less, and the flatmate walked out to witness me mid-pee. I cleaned, up, I cleaned up the best I could and I went back to bed. I woke up and I told my date that I dropped water on the landing and that was fine. Later on that morning, after he spoke to his flatmate, he asked me, did I in fact piss myself? And I completely denied it. As you can appreciate, I was mortified and denied it ever happened. I'm sure he suspects I am lying. Did I do the right thing? By denying it, I feel like such a dick. 
do you think this would really turn a guy off? Oh, bless you. It's so fine. And do you know what? I don't want to say that you did the wrong thing because obviously you've already done it and you can't take it back. But I would have, I know it's really hard. And of course, your kind of first reaction, especially if you're super embarrassed, to be like, no, I didn't do it. But I think that owning up to it is, and you just got to be like, do you know what? I just, I, I couldn't help it. I, so we've got bodily functions. And if he gets grossed out by it or is a dick about it, then he can fucking see you later. So that's how I would see it. Because also you don't want to start, you don't want to forever feel embarrassed about it or wonder whether he thinks you're lying and he'll find out the truth. It's better to be like, do you know what? I was so embarrassed that I just lied because I just didn't know what else to say, but actually I did piss myself. And do you know what? I'm so sorry. And I would just, I, I shouldn't even say sorry. Like I pissed myself because I couldn't find your fucking bathroom. We've been drinking. I love that valiant response and I wish that I could harness the power of Fiona Wishart in that moment. I know that I would have done the exact same thing as her. I'm a girl that doesn't fart in front I don't think I've ever farted in front of a boyfriend and if I ever did I would I like I would have cringed with mortification. I don't really like to reference despite getting onto love bites and talking about kippermange and shit like that. <laughs> With a partner, even around around friends and family, I don't bluff. I don't fart. I don't even. I don't even like saying the word fart, even though I did say Fanny fart about twenty times. I'm just a complete uh, juxtaposition here, <laughs> but I would have probably done the same as her. I would have been so mortified. I would have absolutely done what was ever in my capacity to make sure that that lie lived long and prospered I, I I would have probably been as mortified and you're 100% right Fiona it's a natural bodily function I mean but... don't get me wrong don't you remember when I was dating the photographer and I said the weirdest thing to you I said like the weirdest thing about bodily functions is that like I would be so scared about him hearing me we I would put like tissue down the loo so it would be quiet because I didn't want him to hear me we whereas I feel like why should we do that? Of course, everyone wheezes like it's not a fucking big deal. But we're obviously conditioned, especially as women, going back to our socialising, like how we socialise. It's we're so conditioned that women don't poo or fart or wee that we're so afraid that they're going to see us as anything but perfection. But of course, if you're absolutely wasted and you need to pee. One, your muscles are loose anyway. And also if you're trying to find the it's just it's just unfortunate that she bumped into the housemate on the I landing know. and, she was and it's the well. fact that she stipulated that it was like a cream carpet as well. Um and I really felt for her because I piss myself all the time. Do you? Yes, Fiona, like I cannot get on a trampoline. I don't even have children. I basically don't think I have a kegel, whatever the you know, whatever that kegel thing is that is meant to keep in your urine I basically can do like a little skip down the street and I'm like oh my god I'm pissing myself or if I sneeze I'm like oh wow there we go I need to wear like a tenor lady just to make sure that like we're not sodden down there you need to kegels um, is it the kegels yeah, like say, every time I mention it to ball. my yeah, so you, you're meant to do all these exercises and every time I mention it to my sister-in-law pisses herself all the time, but she has had two kids and she's like, Laura, you need to sort this shit out mm. before you have a child because once you have a child, you will literally have a tsunami of urine every time you blow your nose. So I am going to look into that. So I really did feel for that girl because I have pissed myself. I told the story, remember, about the <laughs> DIFC meeting after the four <laughs> seasons. And I literally pretended I fainted in the center of DIFC, but I just lay there pissing myself. Like, what the fuck? I'm not joking. That really happened. Fucking hell. And then, um, anyways, I'm moving on from that. That's always too much information. We had so many other funny dating stories. Fiona, do you have any there that you'd like to read out? Yes, please. I, can I read this one out? Also, I love, I love, I love that we're reading these instead of talking about mine. <laughs> <laughs> we've exhausted yours that's exhausted why. mine okay 
really short, but I can't wait to read this out. A guy I met on Tinder came to my house for a first date slash evening beer. After flirting and then a little in-depth talking, we realised we were second cousins. Really <laughs> killed the mood. <laughs> oh my God. That is so Irish. That person has to be Irish. Honestly, there are so many second cousins knocking around this country. Um... Did she say anything more? I mean, did anything happen? Did she stipulate? No, no, she didn't say anything more. Is it illegal to have sex with your cousin or is that just first cousins? I think it's just first cousins. Okay. I actually, um, I had this really, I had this really awkward moment when I was, I was on holiday with my friend and her family and her, she has quite a big Catholic family. Like they've got, like, there's like 10 kids with like, everyone's and there's like hundreds of them and um I was sharing a room with her her younger cousin and we must have been quite young at the time so I must have been about 16 and the younger cousin was about 14 she was telling me about her boyfriend at school blah 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 saying her boyfriend and then um and then I worked out that the her boyfriend that she was talking about was her second cousin and I was like I was like, he's your second cousin. I was like, don't you think that's a bit weird? And she was like, my parents are cousins, first cousins. And I was like, ah. (laughs) I don't think it's illegal. I don't think it's illegal. I apologize no, if we're offending I, anyone right now. I'm really sorry. But no, no, no. Listen, I, you marry who you want to marry. Like, there is no judgment here. My boyfriend has a friend that married his cousin in Belfast. And by the way, we need to stipulate here, in Middle East, eastern cultures in you know if you're in a taxi in dubai for example and your taxi driver is from bangladesh or pakistan nine times out of ten he is going to be married to his cousin that's cool like that's that's all good it's just culturally um not the same in the uk and ireland but like i said my boyfriend does have a friend that is married to his cousin i think cousins Um, is fine brothers and sisters it is illegal I mean, brothers and sisters, I fucking can't stand my brother at the best of time. Never mind the thought of having sex with him. But like, I'm Look, moving on from that. Why the I hell? I don't know what that... hole we just went down. Why, why did we fall down this K-hole of incest? Um, there was a girl said that she went on a date recently with an American Saudi guy and it transpired that he was a member of the Bin Laden family. I love that. And do you know what? I saw that and I actually screenshot it and sent to my friend. And she goes, you know, the Bin Laden family is a really, really big family. Like... There are quite a lot of them kicking around, but that is, I. but yeah. can you imagine that you're like, great. <laughs> oh, awesome. So, uh, you know, when do I get to meet the family? No, thank you. Um, there were so many stories to tell, so we're not going to tell them all. So if anybody did submit, um, we will get to them in due course. But there was this one that I found so shocking. Um, oh my God, my friend, um, take care not to mention her name this is a very quick snippet she's great she said that whilst i was giving a guy head he farted and shit himself and i continued to carry on with the oral sex like what what trooper what a trooper why did she do that i couldn't i couldn't i i literally i physically could not do that it's like, we've said this before about blowjobs. Like, I, to be fair, I actually love giving one. I love, I love it. But, like, I'm sorry, but if they... Fu- and, like, there's nothing wrong with it. Look, it's all accident. But if they did, like, I'm not going to ever... If someone farted in my face whilst giving me a blow, whilst I was giving a blowjob, I would never try and make that person feel bad. I'd be like, it happens to everyone. Like, it's totally fine. But I'm well, sorry. I would... Yeah, let's wrap this shit up. Because also, I'm sorry, but how did the fuck did he keep it up? I don't know. If I farted, my vagina would sew itself immediately, automatically up. And I'd be like, I'm out for the rest of the night. I remember she actually told me this story face to face. And I remember like begging her for some further clarification as to where her head was at. And as I recall briefly, she berated herself for just having no balls to say listen i'm not really loving this fucking shit soup situation shit soup. and just oh kind of God. continued on a shit casserole 
<laughs> literally um <laughs> beef that's bourguignon just... <laughs> um that's disgusting that's disgusting that's this on, that's other on one par with kipper minge it, it, on par there was this girl um who messaged and this one is like rude and i'm really not sure what i would do in this but i'm pretty sure that i would punch the guy in the nose okay this girl went out for a guy first date she had been wearing her contact lenses on the second date her eyes were sore and instead of cancelling she wore her glasses you know she still looked good still a beautiful girl arrived and he literally was like what the fuck and he ripped the glasses off her face she sat for an hour in total shock and then she caught herself on and she left the date she specified that she was only 22 and now at 34 if that happened she would have spoken up for herself what would you have done in that situation? If a guy was like, what the fuck? Specky four eyes, pulled them off her face and was like, get some contacts. I would have, I probably would have cried. I think I would have cried. I, I cry very easily, especially if someone offends me. I I, I would have cried. Yeah, I, I really don't know. Because I'd say like, I'm acting the big girl now and I would say that I'd smack him in the face. Chances are you would just sit there paralysed by like, dazed by confusion as to what the fuck has actually happened. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't think I... If I was 22 and someone did that to me, I would have, be, I would have just... I would have... Actually, to be honest with you, at 22, 23, I was pretty... I, I think I was actually more confident at 23. As in weird situations like that, than I would than I would have been now because I feel like all my kind of issues arose around the 23 mark and then festered for a good a good 10 years so and now they're like rife but at 23 I, I I still thought I was pretty hot so I think if someone did that to me I would have been like fuck you and run away and the absolute now I probably would be like <laughs> But is it, but there's a common stream though in, in these messages I think when we're younger despite being probably very confident i know at 23 i was so fucking confident like yourself and obviously life happens and it kind of chips away at your self-esteem however when we are a little bit younger we don't really know what's socially acceptable and what isn't Mm. and perhaps you just sit there and kind of take that now if somebody spoke to me like that i would have no issue getting up leaving and firmly putting them in their place like I think I told the story before about I was on a flight and I met this really good looking architect he was Danish or Scandi of some description and him and I went for a date to Zuma and he was so rude to the waitress that he made her cry yes I remember you yes and bearing in mind I am so pro service industry because I worked in the service industry. I was flying for Emirates at the time and he met me as a business class flight attendant. So when I witnessed him speaking to this girl in such a way that he was just so dismissive, bring me this, bring me that. Do you think that's a good wine? Because I certainly don't think that's a good wine. Bring the sommelier. And I was like, you are a fucking knob. So I give him one warning and I just said, you're making me feel so uncomfortable. So then when the girl came back, I was like, oh my God, thank you so much. You know, overcompensating for him being such an asshole. And then he said something else about, did she not understand about the quality of Wagyu? And I just thought this girl is not paid enough to sit and listen to your pretentious bullshit. So I just said, very kindly, thank you so much. I'm out of here. And he said something along the lines of, you will really regret doing this. I have a long line of women who wanted to go out with me and the fact that I even approached you as a cabin crew like you should be lucky and I still to this day think about the type of woman that he ended up with I wonder that actually when I look back on back on men that um 
have spurned me, let's say, or like I've spurned them or for some reason. And then I think, to my, I have thought about this. I'm like, I wonder who they end up with. Because like, I just, I, I think, I think about it a lot, actually. Like I, I was trying to think, I, I do know who he's ended up with, the the guy from the, I, the Mahiki guy. Um, and, and she looks really nice and normal. And I know who the Hobbit ended up with. She looks really nice and normal. And I'm pretty sure they live down the road from me, but um, <laughs> I'm not on into them yet. But like, I do like some like random, like random dates I've had. I'm like, that I have happened years ago. I do often think, who have they ended up with? It's very, I always find it very interesting, especially I always find it very interesting, the guys that I specifically have rejected me quite harshly, because I wonder, like, I always think this, like, about myself, and I know that now it's a, it's a, for me, it was a, I, the common denominator of all the men that have rejected me is me, so actually it's nothing to do with them, it's how much, how I was, feeling at the time because obviously I'm very anxious and all that sort of thing but whenever I look and then I see who they are dating they're they're very different to me when I look at my ex-boyfriend's girlfriend um she's so she couldn't be further away from me okay and what do you think that is is I don't there a know. reason for that I, or just I don't know like I've never I've never I've not yet I've yet to see an ex-boyfriend well not that I have a huge plethora I literally have two um or where like guys I've dated and then I look at the their new whoever it is girlfriend or the girl that they're seeing and they genuinely are very very different to me and I I, I always think this is why I think I don't know if this is true they go out with me and then they realize they they absolutely do not want that and they go for the opposite I'm pretty sure that's what happened with my ex. The reality is as well, though, you can only judge somebody so much by what you see on an Instagram photo or whatever. And it all does come down to the spark, that unique spark that is ignited between two people. And I've had my fair share of exes who have gotten with girlfriends after me and then they've subsequently, um, you know, got married or kind of engaged in long-term relationships. And I do wonder that as well. But the reality is the spark is so unique to that couple and it's timing as well, Fiona. You could be the right girl at the wrong time. And for so many things, timing is crucial. And if the timing is off, then the relationship will not work. I look back at myself at 23 and I was in a relationship and I essentially ended it because I chose to move to Dubai. If at my age I met that man, I would literally do anything to ensure the longevity of that relationship. But at 23, that was not the most important thing to me. So timing is so crucial, Fiona. It is. And I can guarantee you, these exes that you think about as well will also think, hmm, what's that big sexy bastard Fiona wished her doing with her life? Does she ever think about me? Well, very interestingly, on the weekend, I um, went out to brunch and I bumped into my friend who is, I met through my ex. And me and her, like, when we met, we were literally like, we were in love with each other and everyone else fuck off <laughs> so me and her have like stayed friends and um you actually know her so me and her have stayed friends and like um I, she's literally the most amazing person ever and I saw her at, after brunch and um like we bumped into um we bumped into each other at this bar we took pictures together and she posted it on Instagram and then the next day obviously you know you can like see who's looked at your stories he had watched all my Instagram stories, obviously because he'd seen that picture of me on her uh-huh. Instagram and probably was like, I wonder what Fee's up to and watched all my Instagram stories. He doesn't follow me. I don't think he would have, I don't think that he, me and him haven't spoken for years. And it was really interesting. So I was like, oh my God. And like, obviously like me and him are completely fine with each other. Like it's fine. But it was just funny. Cause it's like, I never thought, I never think that he would give one flying fuck about my life. Like I just, I think that he could, 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 could care less. And then I saw him watch my Instagram stories. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Fiona, can I just reiterate though? Like you are looking unbelievably banging hot 
beautiful, sexy, gorgeous, glowing <laughs> at the minute. Stop um, I'm sweating when you say this. No, you were always like that before. Don't get me wrong. But like your glow up is just another level. You're smashing it professionally. You are the co-host of one of the world's best, best podcasts. And <laughs> um, um, and you're you're learning so much about yourself. In addition, you are fucking banging physically. Why would he not look at your stories? And I be don't like, know. Oh. I just, I do think it's weird. And anyway, well, before we end, what's been so weird about this podcast is that, like, I do actually have stuff to, like, if we had resumed the normal pace of our podcast and the format, which is me talking about stuff, I've got stuff to talk about. But what's interesting is I'm not going to talk about it. And it's been really, it's been really weird because obviously, like, you're saying stuff and I want to reference, I want to reference, but I'm not going to. Obviously, like, I'm trying, I don't want to, like, force myself to stop, but there, there's a there's a reason, obviously, why I'm, I'm not saying it anymore. I've given those reasons already. But it's really, it's been a really weird 48 minutes because I, you've, you've said something and I wanted to retort with, like, something because, it, you know, you, like, reference your life. You can... You, when you have stuff to reference you talk about it but I haven't done it and I've been like it's really weird because I'm so used to it it's been like a year of me talking about my private life and now I've got stuff to say and I'm not talking about it it's weird You're, so I'm sure... what this has actually meant is that your friend here has just talked incessantly about being chlamydia girl Belfast yeah but isn't that great though everyone <laughs> wants to hear about chlamydia girl Belfast oh, it's God, great I'm it's great this this was a great episode if anything that we have talked about resonates with you please drop us a dm on lovebites podcast underscore these dating stories have been coming in thick and fast we will get to more in the future but if anything has happened to you that you would like to share or you know life evolves on a daily basis so if anything happens in the in the week that follows drop us a dm anything the good the bad we want to hear your great dating stories as well like disastrous dating stories and then you end up marrying them down the line you know where to find us we appreciate you we love you and gee you later gee you later